welcome back. It's just about eight minutes past the hour here on the 13th of June, and happy to have Bill English, regular guest on Faith Radio Mornings here uh, in the studio with us to talk Bible and business. Good morning, Bill. Yeah, good morning, Dr. Peter Kaspner. How oh, are you see, today? Huh? This is, this. I mean, we could okay, really so go I, viral with this on, on Twitter. I mean, you know, oh, Logan, I, can you start the hashtag Dr. Peter Kaspner deal? Because I, you know, I've wanted to be popular my entire life, and I've never been there. You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm not popular. i got no followers. Uh, we're going to need to sort this out, Logan. <laughs> so what is Kapsner? What's What ethnicity is Kapsner? Yeah, you know, it is all German. I mean, we're is talking really? central Minnesota German, and uh, there started about 12 of them that came over in the boat, and man, they proliferated. They're all over Minnesota these days. Really? Yeah, really? yeah, absolutely. So well, congratulations. It's an impossible name to spell. Nobody should have three consonants in a row in, in their last name. So I've sp- <laughs> spelled it my entire life. But uh, Bill, <laughs> loved reading just through some of your background. You've done so many different things, obviously, mm. from technology yeah. to business development uh, to psychology, just any number of these things. And, and specifically now, uh, bringing together this concept of Bible and business and thinking yeah. about how we can bring the biblical word into our business lives. Uh, how'd you get into this even to begin with? Well, you know, uh, God plopped a business in my lap back in, oh, crud, I want to say 2004. Okay. Uh, and it was it was a training business, and we were I was learning uh, SharePoint. At the time, SharePoint was a brand new product. I, in fact, I wrote the first book on SharePoint for administrators worldwide back in 2001. It was called SharePoint Portal Server 2001. And it was, it was, uh, I did it for Addison Wesleyan and it sold very, very well. So when SharePoint 2003 came out, uh, the product team at Microsoft came to me and said, would you please, and actually it came through Microsoft Press, but they said, would you please write our resource kit? Now the resource kit, if you don't know what that is, that's the Bible for that version of that product from Microsoft. And so uh, I wrote a 1200 page resource kit uh, for uh, Microsoft Press, and it sold like wildfire. So in 2004, I had a national following uh, in this little niche called SharePoint. And uh, it was very embryonic, very, very new, and uh, people were calling and asking if I could do training. And I was getting a call at least once a week from a company I had never heard of somewhere in the United States saying, hey, you're the only guy we know of nationwide who knows this product. Can you come teach our our IT team? And so uh, I that that was really the beginning of MindSharp. And I had a, I had a partner that joined, and he and I uh, were in that thing until 2014 when we sold, and uh, we went through a lot of ups and downs. Well, during that time, I kept wondering why in the world would God give me this business? I mean, because God doesn't do anything without a purpose, right? Absolutely. He's not, he's not a random God. He's right. not a God that just kind of gee whizzes his way into things. And so um, I really I really was doing a fair amount of just interpersonal uh, searching. I wasn't talking to a lot of people. If, in fact, I may not have been talking to anybody about this. Uh, but I was really wondering why God gave me a business. And um, I did some work out at a – some personal work for two days out at a company or a ministry – in Denver, it used to be called Kingdom Building Ministries. It's now called Forge. And uh, for two days, w- they just focused on me and what God's call was on my life. And it crystallized at that point that my call was to bring a transformative message to Christian business owners. Very niche, right? Very, very niche. I mean, we're not talking about just business. And we're not talking about Christian business. We're talking about Christian business owners, right? And uh, And so I... I uh, I took that to heart, and I came back, and I realized that 
with my psychology background, I'm, I'm still a psychologist here in the state of Minnesota, did nine years of marriage and family therapy, and uh, with my business background, had run a business at that time for about five or six years, and uh, some of the other things that I have done, my broadcasting background and other things, I thought, you know, God is setting me up to be one of the guys, not the guy, but one of the guys who is going to help integrate uh, Christian theology with business. And so I went on a search. I went on a search to find out uh, what is out there, what's, what literature has already been written. And i got to tell you something. There isn't one book that has been written that integrates scriptural principles with business ownership. It doesn't exist. And so my – and now – Craig Blomberg out of Denver Seminary, you probably know who he is. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called Give Me Neither Poverty Nor Riches. His book came the closest to what I think should be, or what I think my call is. And so uh, I have been um, steadily writing at Bible and Business. I, I started this blog in August of 2011. And I had done some other writing in another blog, and I pulled all those articles and dumped them in there. I've got about 400 articles out there now. And I've got a very embryonic book out there, but I'm letting it kind of percolate and fester as God seasons me as a business owner and, quite frankly, as a Christian. Because I think this kind of book, this almost theology of business ownership, it's almost it, it, it could be bled into a theology of stewardship, but it really isn't. It's 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 about it's about for the roughly two to two and a half million Christian business owners in the United States, what is their stewardship responsibility before the Lord? What are their stewardship opportunities before the Lord? Because God is going to invest in them immense amounts of wealth and responsibility and influence, civic influence, business influence, influence in their employees' lives. How do they steward all that, right? How do they steward that to propel the kingdom of God forward and to serve the Lord so that they hear the, you know, well done, good and faithful servant? And so um, that is my call, is to really start to bridge that gap. I do that through writing. I come on here once a week, and I, I don't know, I do this this pontificating, I guess, for lack of a better term. And uh, and and I, I try to do some speaking on this, but uh, that's a really long answer. Sorry for the monologue, no, it's, but it's, it's still, a really long answer to your question. Yeah, but it, it frames such an important conversation, which is I think there's a lot of business people out there that feel like they almost have to bracket off their faith, that they live these sort of two lives, one as a business person or a business owner in this case, and one as part of their faith. What do you find? How do you counsel uh, the Christian business owner to sort of bring these faith and these biblical principles into their business, knowing that it might be some 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 touchy ground on which they're walking? You know, I don't get a chance to do that, quite frankly, because most Christian business owners have bifurcated their faith in their business, or they have integrated it in in a um, uh, a winsome way. I, I don't know how to describe this. They, they they have integrated it in terms of being nicer to their employees, in terms of being ethical in their business dealings and those things. I'm not trying to downplay any of that. But to me, most Christian business owners just have no idea that there's so much more out there about stewardship, about really propelling the kingdom of God forward. Uh, 
through their businesses. And I'm not talking about evangelizing their employees. That's the, one of the last things I'm talking about. I'm talking about remeasuring their businesses based on the core principle, not principles, purposes that God has given, I think, to business owners and business leaders on how to measure their business and then propelling the kingdom of God forward that way. That's such an important conversation, Bill, and, oh, and yeah. just because you know, I think we do, we live in this angst of a non-integrated life, and, and so to bring those things together, great stuff. We're going to head to break here, and when we come back, we'll uh, bring this conversation then into the church as business and how we try to navigate that conversation as well. Bill English this morning, you're listening to Faith Radio Mornings with Dr. Peter Kapsner. Eighteen minutes after the hour, and what are we rolling with here in the walk-up music, Logan? Bill and I are wondering who this is. You got You're so relevant, and we are not. So you got to give us a sense of what's happening here. It's uh, it's sunshine. It's the uh, shoot. I have to look up the the artist, but uh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll look. That. I forget who it is, but I, okay. I, you did you did tell me there's going to be a lot of different walk-up music. So this is exciting. Yeah. So we have a producer playing bumper music. Yeah. And doesn't know who it is. Uh, this is uh, you know Logan, but but right. you're, Listen, you know, you're still thinking about the taco deal, so I understand I, at this point. Yeah, I got Logan. tacos on the mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, Doc, Dr. Peter Kastner needs to know. I, so. I do. Can you say that again, Logan, just with a little bit of deference in your tone? Uh, uh, Dr. Peter Kastner. You're getting better Kapsner. by the moment. Kapsner. Yeah. And I told you, Kapsner. Bill, that these three consonants in a row are not not great. It it uh, flummoxes even the best of us. So, but uh, great to have you on here this morning. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Bible well, and business is a topic, and we'll transition now into conversation. That can get pretty tricky at times when we think about the church as a business. And and I, I get it that there's business principles maybe that affect our churches and our culture today. But I you know, I read through the Bible from front to back again last night in, in preparation of our of our interview here, and I didn't find anywhere in there that the church was described actually as a business. So how well, do you think about this relationship of business and church in in our culture today, Bill? Uh, part of that is because at the biblical times the concept of a corporation didn't exist. Very true. Right. And business was all family business. There wasn't where, you know, five people owned a business. And you didn't see any 7-Elevens for Abraham to stop at from the Ur of Chaldees into the land, that into the promised land, right? Fair point. So, um, look, is is the church a business? Because, it, because American churches are in America and they have to be incorporated and then get an exemption from the IRS to be tax exempt, yeah, they're a business. Or should they be run like a business only partially? Okay, uh, this is where I, I, I kind of uh, I'll, I'll do both sides on the positive side. The churches have to follow uh, EEOC, HIPAA laws, all the other employment laws. They have to follow those things. Okay, they're they're not allowed to ignore them simply because they're a church. Now, some of them they're allowed to sidestep because they're a religious institution. So some of the uh, anti-discrimination, I shouldn't say anti-discrimination laws, but some of the some some regulations they're allowed to sidestep because they're a, a religious institution. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but this concept that that really the elders are a board of directors and the senior pastor is the CEO, I really uh, rebel against. I, I really rebel against the CEO model of of a senior pastor who who is in charge of the whole church. Uh, that is not the biblical model. Yeah, say more. What's the, sort of the downside or some of the, the tension in that kind of perception uh, of pastor as CEO or elder board as governing board? 
Well, elder boards um, uh, end up being governing boards because of the type of, of business that, that that we find ourselves in here in America. The downside, of, to my to my way of thinking, the downside of having the pastor as the CEO is that uh, you can that pastor can be corrupted by power and can be corrupted by uh, influence. Okay, and oftentimes the pastor becomes the single liaison between the elders and the church staff. And so you have you have this this church elder board uh, who is often not selected by the pastor, but the pastor has influence as to who goes on there. And I understand that influence. I don't downplay that influence or or don't necessarily disagree with it. Uh, But the elders should have more connection points with the church staff than just through the senior pastor. I'm also as I get older, I'm also really wanting uh, churches to develop teaching teams, preaching teams, rather than having a single pastor who does 46, 48 weeks out of the year. Oh, and then you get the leftover guy uh, for the other two or four, six weeks of the year. <laughs> you know, on the on the Sundays when you know attendance is going to be 50 percent of what it is, it's a what you know a throwaway Sunday. Yeah, we end up kind of taking a Sabbath from the Sabbath those yeah, Sundays, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I would like to see churches develop three, four, five teaching gifts within the church and let those people rotate between the pulpit and the and Sunday school and other things and let them exercise their gifts. To me, that's a more biblical model. Seems like more of a shared leadership model on some levels rather than maybe kind of risking that, that personality cult that we can get into when somebody is in, in that prominent share of power. And, well, and, and it's not just the personality cult. The power the power deals is, is a big deal. When you get into these larger churches, most of these senior pastors um, are really power-oriented guys. And they can be horses' backsides in private. They can be very, very difficult, abusive, and really downright unchristian in private and have this wonderful, rather choreographed public uh, version. And I'm not even sure that they understand this uh, oftentimes themselves. But these larger churches, because they require a stronger leadership, in in the model that we have, the pastors end up being – strong CEOs and can be very, very, um, almost a Jekyll Hyde between private and public. Hey, you know, Neil asked me in the first hour, just uh, I have an opportunity to be with young people in the classroom, and, and what are some of the common questions I get or common thoughts, term in and term out? And one of the things they say that in most of their church backgrounds, there it was, at least to some degree, there was some division, there was some power, there was some turmoil and, and stuff. Is that what you've seen as well in some of these models that, you know, when you function like a business, people have different ideas about what the marketplace needs and what you want, and, and it leads into some of these kinds of conversations. Boy, that's a really tough question, because um, uh, you, you said a phrase, what the marketplace needs and wants, and, you know, uh, there is a real balance there between catering to the culture that you're in and staying faithful to the gospel. And, boy, if you're going to err on one side, I would err on being irrelevant in your culture and staying faithful to the gospel. Uh, I think a lot of these pastors that have larger churches, they just intuitively know how to connect the two well enough to get a large crowd there. But you have to be very careful. Are they putting on a show or are they leading a worship service? There's a lot of overlap between those concepts. I hope they're leading worship and edifying the body and not just there to choreograph a show. We, we spend a lot of time talking about the word relevance, and is relevance looking like the culture and feeling like the culture, or is relevance bringing the beauty, eternal reality of the kingdom of God into the midst of the yeah. body? And that's always relevant, regardless of whether you look like culture. Yeah, and sometimes being relevant means that you're shunned by the culture. Yeah. 
right? Because we know that the culture will eventually reject Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, we, we just know that. Absolutely. And so uh, I think a lot of people try to be relevant by becoming like the culture. And I agree with you in, in, in the assumption behind your statement. We become relevant by offering the culture an alternative to their life, and that is forgiveness of their sins, eternal life, literally being rescued from the dominion of darkness and being brought into the kingdom of of Jesus Christ. Bill, fabulous stuff. Oh, so much to cover. We're out yeah. of time this morning. Yeah. Can't wait to have you back on next week. We'll keep talking about the Bible and business, but fabulous stuff. Appreciate your time here coming into the studio. You bet. Thanks. Good to see you. Great.